0: Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders
1: Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown.
2: Always a good first draft when McShay and I show up and there is a take five candy bar. Ready, McShay? You already? I need. I needed one. Already into it? Yeah. Take it. And now you have half for later. Already. Yep. Best candy bar.
0: Mel, what do you got?
2: I got nothing. This is
0: my favorite Hunky day. Pie. My favorite day of the draft process. All right, here we go. Because Keyp, I was with Kuiper all last week, four days, three or four days together. I know. I know who he likes now, who he doesn't like. Yep. All of a sudden, he goes down to to see, meet with John Gruden, preparing for the draft. I'm up here (laughs) slumping through all these sports-centered hits, and he comes back every year, and now his opinion on 15 to 20 players will will have changed. His board will be completely changed. Gruden will strong-arm him and bully him, and all of a sudden, in a matter of 48 hours, Kuyper has completely different opinions on players.
1: You really think I'm weak, don't you, Todd? <laughs> no, no ability to battle anybody let's, on anything. Let's get a quick
2: yeah. preview, though, Mel, from, on Gruden, just in terms of this quarterback class, because last week... Yeah, in your mock who, draft for the who's the Johnny first time, Manziel?
0: Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel. Every I love single this pick, guy. yeah. I who's, will
1: tell you who that is, Todd. Who, Chris? The guy that he is going to be champion the cause for, and he's going to be saying every pick they got to take this guy is one Patrick Mahomes.
0: That's not surprising.
1: Patrick Mahomes is John's he's, guy. Uh, he,
0: that it actually isn't surprising, and it makes sense coming from a coach. Coaches think it's coaches who know how to coach the quarterback position think they can fix. Quarterback, and if you're looking to fix one with the most upside, Patrick Mahomes is one, and Kaiser's two. I would say.
1: Yeah, it's a lot to fix there. I mean, I a lot I think, to fix. I mean, it's a lot to fix. These quarterbacks are all over the place. I don't really think anybody's going to strong arm anybody on quarterbacks. tied. you either have your ideas. I like Mahomes in the beginning. You did, not we we stand. I was I was a Mahomes guy. You know that we battled. Yeah, with I'm that. still. I'm I, like. I, you're not sold on Mahomes. I get the ceiling. Yeah. Well, should, I,
0: any, should anybody be
1: sold on Mahomes? I, I've kind of strong arm McShay a little bit on Mahomes. Okay. i got to admit, he's not <laughs> never as strong-armed negative, me into He's anything. not as you negative strong-armed yeah. me into a meal. Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> Todd, give me something, will you? <laughs> Dude, uh, I mean, you're at least not as bad, as negative on Mahomes as you were. Would you agree with that? I totally
0: agree. Now, Kevin okay. Weidel and I watched three more tapes. So Weidel strong-armed you. Weidel showed me a little bit of the light. Uh, uh, I, all right, so Weidel's to you
1: what Gruden is to me. <laughs>
0: right. I that's not bad I watched though. two tapes of him in the beginning to get a feel and knew I had to come back and watch more and I w- went back and watched three tapes. The first one was Baylor, which has the worst defense in the history of the world, but it wasn't about the defense, it was just about the throws and, and the way he made the throws and the launch points and he just can do things with that football that very few guys in the world can do and so i I get wanting to work with him. He's a competitor, he's a baller, he's tough. I think he's got to continue to get bigger and stronger. I think there's some discipline that he's going to have to learn, some maturing he's going to have to do. But if you can get him where do you – if coaches vision what they can do with him, have a vision of what they can do with him. And if you can get him to that point and completely refine him, which is going to take at least two years, I believe. And you're going to have to do it without any pressure or any thought of putting him on the field. Right. Then you could have something special, okay. but okay, it is so, a so rare Wiedel, commodity. So,
1: Widel, as I says, Widel brought you along a little bit on Mahomes. homes. I started the ball rolling, but you don't care what I think anyway. So we'll go. To I don't care what anybody else thinks. All right, well, Wydle uh, did get you moving in that direction a little bit. Right. Uh, you know, I uh, Gruden got me moving in the direction of one guy, Who? and it's a it's a guy you like, and I don't care what you think. But uh, well, Gruden got <laughs> Gruden got me moving in this direction a little bit, Todd. Who? <sighs> Joshua Dobbs. I've loved him more than anyone in. The well, school. Senior Bowl week did help him, but I mean, as far as the, the career of Tennessee, he didn't really have. And we said it, he didn't have any great. I mean, he Kamara, likes Dobbs, right? Loves Dobbs. Yeah, yeah,
0: I have Dobbs as the as the fifth best quarterback, and he's not far behind. He's had a Peterman, uh, Davis Webb, who everyone loves, which yeah, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I've got no. him at number five, and I I have him right on the fringe of the second round.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be a bad spot. I mean, when you look at him and you look, and we talk to him. You got to really know, study the tape on well, him. He came on Darian Mel last week, and he really impressed the heck out of me uh, because he oh, I mean, bump yeah. him, bump him,
0: huh? Bump,
2: bump him, him. Or Darian Mell. Hey,
1: But Joshua Dobbs, I just the you know, Tennessee games, The fact if that he you're a college football
0: back, fan, mm-hmm. you watch Joshua Dobbs on TV and you leave disappointed because the team right. was supposed to be one thing right. and it. it so blame the quarterback and you blame the quarterback. You watch the tape, and every single tape I watch, I started to like him more and more. He anticipates throws. He's, he's throwing to spots where receivers should be, and they're not always there. The guys let him down. He didn't let them down. He battled. He was get, taking beatings behind that offensive line and popping up. He can run, which is very low on the totem pole of importance, but he can. He's not just – I think he's the fastest, most athletic quarterback in this class of, of guys who like, legitimately play the position. And I think he's a much better passer than, than everyone thinks and in a pro-style way, throwing the spots and throwing guys open. And he's, he's brilliant, and he's never been able to focus fully on football. I think now that he's fully focused on football, he, you're going to see a guy really flourish. We saw it at the Senior Bowl, how far he came in just one week with NFL coaching. I'm, I really like the guy, and I would have no problem taking him in the second round. In fact, I would much rather... Take Joshua Dobbs in the second round, then use a first-round pick on Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, or Pat Mahomes, who John Gruden loves.
2: Well, this is a perfect segue here because the the goal of this today was to go through, essentially, the draft process. Everybody says, oh, yeah, it's, it's all about the tape. Well, it is all about the tape, but by the way, nobody in the NFL can watch it all during the season. This is when they catch up. If the draft... If if everybody saw it, all the tape of all these players, we could do the draft a week after the Super Bowl, and everything would be fine. But that's not how it happens. They're still having disagreements. They're still having arguments. Mel's still getting pushed by Gruden. Todd's getting pushed by Weidel. And there's there's new conclusions being made even to this day. And it's important. I, I bring it up because I wanted to go through today the biggest risers and fallers of the draft process. You had your rankings. When Clemson beat Bama and we close the book on the season, what have we learned during the process being able to go back through all these games? Todd was just saying just just this week went through more of Mahomes' tape. And I want to know what has happened for players between the middle of January and now the middle of April. And, again, we've already hit some of them, but we'll just run through position by position. Who's risen and fallen a little bit during this process? QB, obviously, Mahomes and Dobbs probably risers from where they were for you, Todd, in January. No is, question. Is I mean, Pete, I Nathan said. Peterman for Pittsburgh kind of seems like, to me, the other one who's really popped during this process? I,
0: I liked Peterman not this past October, the October before. Wow. When, wow. I, when I saw him. I mean, he's kind of been right there for me over the last two years. I saw him lose a game against Notre Dame in, a, in which he just he grinded, and, and I was able to watch the tape getting ready for it. and I just like. He has a pro style about him. He has everything you want, including competitiveness, enough mobility, accuracy, timing, mindset, um, except the big arm. And so if, if he can improve on his arm strength, I think you got you have a chance to develop him into a starter. Or worst case, I think he's going to be a really good backup. So I don't think he, he may have risen in some people's eyes. I think Josh Dobbs, for me personally, is a player. And it, it was more so the tape than anything else. And just having time to really digest who he is. I think he's been the biggest riser in, in this year's class. And then Mahomes is without question. I mean, he just – I think he, coaches get involved with him and say, this is what we can develop him into. Mm-hmm. But you also have the the risk of how long is it going to take, and am I still going to be the coach here Yeah, when we finally have him ready Instant to play? The
2: gratification factor there is pretty low. Mel – We talked to a few of these guys who've who've hopped up, and maybe it is it is quarterbacks. It it seems like everybody rises during this process. Has anybody kind of even stayed flat or fallen off during the draft process at that position?
1: Yeah, I think a couple guys have. I think you look at Evans at Virginia Tech, a junior coming out early, and left to kind of scratch in your head. Why would you come out early? You're not ready. And he leaves Virginia Tech, and, you know, he's just all over the place with throws. He's just, he's just not ready for the NFL. Another year I think would have really benefited him. Uh, he should not have come out, so I think his stock has fallen. I think also Antonio Pipkin at Tiffin was intriguing going into the Senior Bowl week. He thought he was a little taller than he was. Uh, he looked a little overwhelmed at times down there. But I, I'd say, you know, has dropped maybe that undrafted free agent category. Category, but I would say the main one would be Evans at Virginia Tech for me.
2: Let's jump to running backs. We talked a lot about quarterbacks, and I do want to get through uh, all these positions here. Running backs, it seems like, you know, the kind of the Fab Four, you know, where you had, you know, Furnett, um, obviously Christian McCaffrey. Um, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Dalvin Kamara. Cook, yeah, they kind of held serve. Then you have a foreman in there. Has anybody fallen off a
0: little bit? Kamara has been kind of up and down. I think yeah. you know it's hard to figure out who he is based on the fact that he never had more than 18 carries in a game. He's got a history yeah. transferred from Alabama, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some off the field stuff concerns about toughness on the field. I mean, there's a play against Vanderbilt where he he just it's a third and third and whatever and he's short of the, the pylon by a couple of yards, and opts to step out of bounds rather than lower his shoulder and, and pick up the first down. And you just want—I mean, that, I know Vanderbilt—you you look down on Vanderbilt, but guess what? Those are the type of plays you have to yeah. have in that game, in-state game, any game. I don't care who you're playing. So there are concerns with Kamara. I think he's a second rounder when it's all said and done because he's too explosive to get to the third. But I I just don't know that you want to use a first round value on a guy that you're going to have to work to keep happy. Questionable with the toughness and, and just enough questions there, but he he really is explosive. So his he's, stock has been up and down. I well, think he's interesting though because this is again just to highlight the process. Had a great combine,
2: and then it's another one. Of, hey, we got to go back to the tape and watch this guy a little more. Then you go back and watch a little
0: more, and you don't love all of what you see. You, you, lo- you love a lot, but not all. Yeah. Right. Um, a couple other guys. I'll, I'll go through. Foreman helped with his workout. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just he's big and fast. There are some gaps in his game. Lateral agility is not there, but for certain downhill power offensive styles, I think he's a fit on day two. I'm not going to say for sure second round like some people, but somewhere in that day two range, second, third round. Um, James Conner. Everyone knows the story. As a football player, the more tape I watch, the more I just like this guy. I think he goes in the third round, where some people thought maybe on day three uh, earlier in the process. And, you know... To me, TJ Logan is another player who has benefited from the process just w- with his speed. He's only 5'9, 196 pounds, but that 4'3'7, the agility, the explosiveness, showing that he can catch the ball as well as you hoped that he could based off of the tape. I-, I just think that he's a player that has ascended from late rounds to maybe early on day three. Mel,
2: one more running back to throw in here. I mean, Joe Mixon, it seems like we we kind of are where we began with him, where. You know he's off some boards completely, uh, and the talent is obviously significant, and it's just a matter of who has the will slash willingness to be able to deal with some of the the pushback, and which is totally fair. Do you think he has kind of stayed flat, or where have you seen him through this process? Obviously, a big name.
1: Yeah, up a little bit from where the third or fourth round projection is, not yeah. the first round. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. The first round ends around 11 o'clock Eastern. You have to wait until the next night. That's a lot of time. I mean, that's you're celebrating your first round pick. you got Thursday night to do it. You're not going to have that situation there. And then you got to wait till Friday evening to start day two. When you make a pick in the second round, the next morning comes real quick. Day three pops up real quick. So I think day, day uh, round two for Mixon. But I think the guy that I think has risen the most is Christian McCaffrey. From where we were to where we are now is no it's like night and day. I mean there was talk about New England getting him in the first round at the end. Then it was Green Bay, you know. Then good it, was, point. It, was, it was I kind of and he was, and he was he Kansas up City. Yeah, there was all these teams in the end of the first round. Yeah, top fifty
0: pick you felt good about, but not certain
1: even in the yeah. first round. Not yeah, he's certain. Top, he's One top point ten point. guy maybe. He's yeah. a top ten. Potential top ten pick. Yep. And, I mean, you know, he's one of the safest picks in this draft because you know, he's a heck of a running back. He's got great hands. He's a route runner. And he comes from Stanford, which is a pro offense with David Shaw. He's one and of he's the two or it.
0: three best slot receivers in this draft, I would yeah, say. Yeah, he's a punt
1: addition. returner, kick returner. we talked about everything, his bloodlines and everything. I mean, right now, Christian McCaffrey, you can make an argument, he's one of the best five, six players in this draft in terms of being the safest pick and one of the best pure football players. Sounds like
0: so, Gruden likes him. Yeah, Gruden was a problem.
1: <laughs> that has nothing to do with Gr- I've been saying this for, for I'm weeks. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, you guys are idiots. Uh, 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 you're, you're taking this a little too far now. In we got under Kuyper's. You did, it, did it. with the McCaffrey nice. thing, but don't tell me, guys, that I've Eight, liked all along. Ten minutes I'm, in, I love don't it. Don't tell me, guys, I've liked all along. All of a sudden, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I was bandwagon. getting
0: annoyed that you
2: weren't getting annoyed. Hey, Mel, let's you know, jump, jump now to it, let's jump now to wide receivers. A guy that you've liked all along is Zay Jones or is it John Ross? Who's The biggest riser since January. We know John, Ross with the time, but Zay well, Jones seems like a big one too.
1: Yeah, Ross with the time, Chris, but Ross has those injury concerns. I love Ross. I mean, Ross yeah. is a heck of a player. Is he can he stay healthy? And I think that's the only issue. He's the best receiver in this draft when he's healthy uh, by far. He's the fastest, he's great, he's a great player. He's a kick returner. He's got all that. Can you keep him healthy? So you can put him number one if you want to take a chance on durability not being a concern. Zay Jones, yeah, I think that all those catches, the twenty two against South Carolina, people say were manufactured catches because of the offense. Senior bowl weekend. He didn't get great separation, but he made, like Mike Williams does, contested grabs. A lot of his throws were contested. He caught the ball. He's a great kid. I love the fact that in the South Carolina game, after he dropped the pass, he blocked his butt off the next play, and that showed me a lot uh, in that game. So I like Zay Jones. I do think he's improved a lot during the process, and I do think, I think what happened with Chris Godwin, Penn State, you went back and you had to reevaluate after that great combine, so I think he's helped a little bit. Amara Darbo had a good year. Todd, you watch Michigan a lot. You saw Ohio State, a lot, like Michigan. A lot. Darbo had a good year. And he had Darbo, a really good year. Chesson well. was supposed
0: to be the yeah,
2: the go to yeah. guy, yeah, and Darbo's Darbo kind of moved up.
1: ahead. Darbo, right now, I have as the ninth, tenth, eleventh best receiver in this draft, so which I, is late like two,
2: him. early three range for
1: him. Yeah, he's a nice player. He's a little under the radar in terms of the major college guys uh, that have helped themselves. Uh, you know, a guy that's sneaking up a little bit is Isaiah McKenzie from Georgia. Love but in terms him. of the, pro- he just made
0: my all satellite team. It's out on ESPN dot com okay. right now. Okay. Uh, and number two on the list behind John Ross. And go. Todd, to bagging on
2: Mel here, but Mel, I think beginning in January, you went Mike Williams and Corey Davis, one and two, and here we are about the draft. You yep. have Mike Williams holding serve and Corey Davis enough on tape there where you like them too. Is that still it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Todd stole Davis from me, so I kind of just passed the baton. I said, okay, you're going to have Corey, Corey Davis. Yeah, and...
0: Williams is going to get drafted first. There's no question.
1: Yeah, Williams is a good player. I mean, Williams right. ran better than I thought. I think you. I thought he would run, I don't think, 4-4-9. Four, four, I thought 4-5-5, five, five, which that's is what that he, That's what he really team. ran, let's be yeah. honest. He ran a yeah. 4
0: uh, The scouts I was with, I had him at 4-5-3, and the scouts right. I was with had him All between. Right, so about what you
1: expect. Yeah. So, I mean, here's what he is, and he'll make those contests. Alshon Jeffrey. So uh, if you like Alshon Jeffrey, you like Mike Williams, you like Deshaun Jackson, you like John Ross Corey Davis is just an interesting guy because he did have some. I want to call him concentration drops. Focus time. drops a lot. A, yeah, a I mean, lot you of know, them. Like, you know, like Rashad Perriman had the concentration drops, and he not, still uh, has not as bad, but they yeah, they're still has those some. here in Baltimore. But he makes great plays. He's and a better, much plays, better
0: route runner than Mike Williams,
1: and great plays. Um, you know, Corey Davis is interesting. Is there a little? Can you be a little disappointed once you get him? If you think he's elite and you take him in the top 10, maybe. Uh, if you get him, I thought he'd go around 18 to 25. I know you think, Todd, he's going to go in the top 10 to 12. Well,
0: I Honestly, in a a regular year at wide receiver, I think these guys are 10, 10 to 25 range. Mike Williams and Corey Davis. Mike Williams is going to go higher. I think you have more work to do with him, but you can trot him out there. And, and run some slants and some go routes and be happy early on and, and continue to develop his route tree. With Corey Davis, the reason I think he's going to go second, and he may have gone second anyway, but it's not working out because of the injury. What's the, the durability? I, I actually think he could drop into the 20s easily, and some team's going to get a good player, and it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how he bounces back from the injury. But I think not necessarily the not working out, it's it's coming from a small school, not working smaller school, not working out, and having an injury all combined. I think is scaring teams off just a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, when you don't work out, it's one thing. It's another thing if you don't work out and you don't have a bunch of games against Bama. Right. And it'll, you know, you, it's just you expect him to dominate. A, not inferior competition but guys where you just feel like this is a high you know high level player and some of these cornerbacks just can't keep up with them
0: I I think some there's some underrated receivers in this class too and Mel touched on my one of my favorite guys in the class in terms of a day 3 uh, steal I think could be Isaiah McKenzie six return touchdowns in his career explosive after the catch he's tiny but he is tough and he gets off the line of scrimmage Carlos Henderson, a lot of the similar traits. He's bigger. Tech. He's almost yeah. six. five eleven and change, close to two hundred pounds. Um, he ran in the four fours. Explosive return specialist can get vertical. Can I think might be the best run after catch receiver in this class. But he's immature. He's got a lot of life skills to learn. You don't want to drop him off in New York or D.C. or somewhere like that. He he would fit better in a you know Kansas City or somewhere in the Midwest where he, he – he doesn't even have his license. He has to get driven around. He's a sure guy who's just – maturity yeah. is going to be an issue with, with him, but I think he's one of the top ten receivers in the draft and probably is going to be drafted between 10 and 15 in terms of the wide, how the wide receivers stack. Matt Collins from North Carolina, special teams, ace, 6'4", 220, 4'5", speed. I think this guy's very much underrated because of the durability issues he's had, but if he stays healthy, which can say for everyone – but if he stays healthy, he's got a chance to be a steal in the third round range. And Josh Malone, he's, he's not polished coming out of Tennessee, but he's tall and he's fast. And he can create after the catch and get, get down the field. I think for the right team, if you got him on like a Pittsburgh in the fourth round, third, fourth round, I think, I think Malone brings a lot of value.
1: Yeah, a couple guys that I just uh, – an enigma in this draft is Malachi Dupree from LSU. as the quarterback. You know, to the player. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who's going to probably get him at a point where you didn't think he ever would going into this year. And I think the, the lack of a quarterback at LSU affected him. Chad Williams pedigree. at Grambling. I mean, there's going to be people going back to his high school days. Yeah, Chad Williams at Grambling. Is he didn't get invited to the Combine, but he had a good senior bowl week. Good year. I mean, I think he's the kind of guy you take late. We'll be talking about him probably on day three, Todd, that has a chance to make a yeah, football yeah. team.
2: All right, got to hustle a little bit, but – We've hit a lot of the premium positions. Quickly on tight ends, it seems like everybody's risen. It's We're talking about this as one of the most loaded classes we've ever seen. I'll throw out, is maybe Evan Ingram, the possibility of him sneaking into round one, is that your biggest riser? Who has it been uh, for you, Mel?
1: Ingram, definitely, uh, based on the, you know going back to it. I'd like guys to go back to their senior year. Uh, he didn't come out last year, could have. Goes back and, and, and had a good year and had a good senior bowl week and tested amazingly well with that 4 4 So, yeah, he's the kind of guy that gives you just enough. I mean, some of these guys just can't block. So I guess you, if you want a glorified receiver with some of these guys, Ingram will at least try. Jake Butt will block. It's a shame he had the injury in the bowl game. Uh, makes Shaheem's him a faller,
2: in, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, I think
1: when you look right now, Gerald Everett, obviously he can't block, so he's going to be limited from South Alabama. But I think it's going to be interesting with Evan Ingram. I think he can go late first, at worst, early second round.
0: Adam Shaheen from Ashland a player. I
1: don't know that
0: he's an underclassman couldn't play in the senior bowl, but he had a good workout at two hundred and seventy eight pounds six six and a half uh ran a four seven nine which is a really good time for a tight end that size obviously he's massive he's the biggest tight end that we're talking about in terms of top ten fifteen tight ends in this class um he to me has risen more so just because people have had time to watch him. I mean, I had scouts that told you text me in October, November, saying you got to watch this guy is for real. I said I'm really going to spend time watching an underclassman from Ashland, <laughs> but uh, but it were, they were right.
1: Um, and, it, and also Eric Salbert from Drake, Todd, I think has risen a little bit. Uh, I brought up Jay Novacek, the old Wyoming tight end that had a great career with the Dallas Cowboys with Troy Aitman. Yeah, He's your so, guy. You can have him. I think Salbert. I like the way he catches the football. I mean, granted, blocking obviously is something. A lot of these guys don't block him. A lot of guys that you might think are going to go in the second, third round won't block. guy that might go in the first round, Joku, not a blocker. So, yeah, you know, I think Salbert has to improve as a blocker coming out of Drake, but he's got great hands, makes the diving catch, very athletic kid, runs well. I'll take Salbert in the third or fourth round.
0: A couple of enigmas, real quick. I know we're short on time, but to me, you stole
1: my word too.
0: It's George Kittle from Iowa. Doesn't Best jump H
1: back in the draft.
0: But what's that? He's Best kind of an H back, fullback. Yeah. Right. Okay. But his workout times were amazing. Six, almost 6'4", 247, Ran a four five two. Had explosive numbers across the board. He's a good player. I don't. You know, it's interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see. He he may wind up going. I don't know, round three. Um, and who is the other there's one other guy that's oh to me um Bucky Hodges from Virginia Tech is a real enigma because it, the tape doesn't match up he has got to learn how to block he's not physical he's inconsistent, but there are some flash plays where you say, "Wow, and his workout was ridiculous as well 6'6", fifty seven ran a four five seven and then who's the the is it Virginia Who's the basketball player who's coming? Who's coming out that people are talking about in the late rounds? VCU Griffin? or uh...
2: oh yeah, from VCU. I can't remember his name. I, I okay, mean, there's like no draft tape to watch, but he.
0: No. But sounds like he's going to be. He could be not a late drafted, round though, pick. Todd, not draft. I I I talked to a team this past week. who said there's a possibility they could they could take a shot on him late. Gathers went last year out of Baylor. I mean,
2: yeah, I, some could, of they grab grabbed some gathers, of these yeah. guys in the six seven. You never yeah, know, this, know. So, this just...
1: is a better draft than last year, though. You got to admit that this draft has turned out to be pretty doggone And last year was. It was really good too. This was bad. this could be better. I mean I think the depth of this draft. another receiver, Travis Rudolph. Florida State has not uh, you know lived up to what you thought he might be. But the tight ends I think Hodges dropped a little bit from where we thought he would be. Jordan, yeah, I, I like just it. don't
0: like his tape that much.
1: Jordan Leggett from Clemson. Yeah, it's you saw him come on and, and help them win the championship game against Alabama. But times where he wasn't a big factor, um, up and down in terms of just you know the intensity on the football field. So I think Leggett. You talk about enigmas, Todd. To me, Jordan Leggett's kind of an enigma.
2: Well, let's jump into the blockers a little bit here. It's many words have been said about how lackluster this tackle class is. Mo
0: Alley Cox. Oh, for VCU? I think so, yeah. Yeah, there we go.
2: There's your there's your seventh round tight end. Appreciate it. So, Ryan Ramchick, maybe the biggest riser, if you can call it that, just in the fact that he's, you know, first round. Cam Robinson has kind of just stayed where he was. Maybe Garrett Bowles is a riser. And then I think maybe just out of all of them is Forrest Lamp, the biggest riser of the draft. I think process. Antonio
1: Garcia from Troy, too. I think okay. you have to put Garcia from Troy. What's Collins? his character, though?
0: Why are people that v- at, um, Troy happy to see that good of a player go? Well, that's you know, I mean that's a big yeah. question because yeah, that's it's, why it's a second round pick. I though. like probably, I like his tape a lot.
1: Yeah, you got to. I mean, and, and Collins from TCU. I, after after the workout, you go back look at the Arkansas game. Todd Study that Arkansas game when Collins. Another from TCU Gruden guy, huh?
0: <laughs> Nothing. I'm messing
1: with What'd you with. say? I thought it Gr- must be yeah. another Gruden guy. A third He's or fourth good. rounder, we're not talking about in Tampa time. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, We're not talking about third or fourth round picks in Tampa time. It's first rounders. So let's get real. What about
2: okay. the, the ultimate sleeper here, Mel? Is your boy from uh, Cutsdown State, Jordan Morgan.
1: Yeah, he's not a sleeper. I think you know the fact that he was All Star games. Everybody talked about him. Uh, he's not uh, Julian Davenport Bucknell. You thought he'd be a little mm-hmm. better than he is. He's got to get a lot stronger. Uh, I think the enigma, if you want an enigma at the offensive tackle spot, he might even be a guard. Is Zach Banner from USC? Huge kid, but boy, I'll That's tell you good. what. Can he, can he handle quick guys? He's going to have to probably be a guard. But he's an enigma to me. I think Taylor Mote in Western Michigan's improved to the second, probably the third round. I'll tell you the guy, Todd. Yeah, he's very edge second third. Yeah, the guy the most underachieving offensive tackle for the talent he has is Roderick Johnson from Florida State. Yes,
0: I agree. He's tough to watch on tape because he's so talented and just hasn't tied it all together. Lunge,r leaves his feet a lot. He's frustrating because you know there's a ability there. Um, Jessamine Dunker, former Florida transfer, I believe. Oh, there's a wide open played basketball. He, he is highly talented and a, a real. A lot of issues, let's put it that way, and um, there's another oh, Will Holden as well from Vanderbilt had a, had, I thought had some really good tape at times. Tennessee game really stood out, and I think he's got some ability. I'm talking mid round players
1: yeah. here. I love Deion Dawkins. Uh, Deion yeah, Dawkins Deion's from Temple, right. uh, yeah, like him. I don't, I would write off tackle for him, Todd. I think he could maybe be with the right team. He's got longer arms
0: for six, just under 6'4".
1: He's got long, yeah, long arms that you have to have, and I, I just love his attitude. And I think he he's obviously at guard; he'll be fine. Uh, I'll give you your guy, Luminor, from Texas A&M. Everybody's kind of on him as a second yeah, or he, third he's, round he's
0: guy. The long term development,
1: yeah, developmental guy. Uh, you know, so and at center, there's not a lot. I, I'm not excited about Where's any. Where's the going to go, Mel? I'm not. I mean, probably
0: third or fourth round. I didn't realize until I kind of put up that board we have in that in the NFL room. And you can really see it in front of you. It just didn't dawn on me because of tape, tape after tape after tape, putting guys in grades and just moving on. The center class is atrocious this year.
3: No,
1: it's not. Nobody emerged.
0: There's a lot Elfline's of guys. he's a good player, but he's a he's a third rounder. He's okay. Poachick, I mean, yeah. People talking about the second. You can have him.
1: Elfline For, was underwhelming as a college center to me. Todd. I, I, Pochech. No, I mean Orlowski, West Virginia. Pochech had a better fit 2015 than sixteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I I don't know if you get a center taken until day three.
0: All right, defense.
2: All right, we got a We have a sprint, about a ten minute sprint on defense. Wow. Biggest riser. For defensive ends during the draft, I'll nominate Solomon Thomas. Am I am I there, Mel? And who's the biggest faller?
0: And Thomas a good... is a defensive tackle. I mean, that's that's the reality. Think... Right I think down. he's a I think he's a three technique.
1: Yeah. Biggest riser. <sighs> I don't and think anybody essentially rose. held serve. Yeah, I don't think anybody at defensive end rose that much. I think you know, Michael Carl Charlton
2: seemed like he he was moving up. Rose and then, he's he, fang, rose
1: and then he fell when he ran a four nine two. So then he ran a four eight four at his pro day. But I think he rose, fell, and he probably still is in the late. Jordan 20s. Willis, say, yeah, Willis probably because of the workout, and he did mm-hmm. have a decent production Incredible at Kansas workout, State. Actually. Uh, Trey Hendrickson at Florida Atlantic, I think, through the process. All-star game. Uh, he have the mm-hmm. long, doesn't have the length, but i tell you, the kid gets off the ball quick. He, he brings a lot of intensity. He's, he's a, got some natural yeah. pass rush ability. He's, he's, is a, it,
0: he's a crazy man.
2: Is it fair to say maybe Malik McDowell has dipped a little bit based By on far. your initial oh, assessments God, yeah. because of Definitely. the motor? And I'm going to Chris I mean, Jones him.
0: I'm just going to stand tall. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a beating on the on draft day. Everyone's gonna say, "Oh, you overrated, Malik No, pal. no, no, Todd. It's and, not, then it's ne- not, and then next no, year, see, everyone's gonna be like, oh, "No, no, Malik, Malik, no, Malik, Malik, no." Malik, that no, no, good.
1: no, see, see, Todd, you're spinning it where you can't lose. See, that's a, that's a, <laughs> well, that's. Well, I a, learned a, from the a best, sk- Mel. That's a, exactly. So, hey, I, hey, Todd, it's if you learned anything, master. I'm proud of you, pal. I uh, <laughs> no wonder why you live near DC. <laughs> Politician, right. All right. As far as McDowell, just like, say, well, Jones went in the second round when he had top-ten ability for a reason. McDowell has top-ten ability. He's going to go in the second round for a reason. Right. So, you know, if you say, yeah, if he turns it like Jones, they used him properly at Kansas City. They didn't act to him to be out there 60 minutes. They said, okay, we're going to pick our spots with Jones. Pick your spots with McDowell. You got something. He basically picked his spots when he wanted to play hard. So I think you look at McDowell like Jones, yeah, good comparison, good comp, but they're second-rounders for a reason.
2: Let's talk about linebackers inside, outside, and bring this bring this guy up to start. His Hassan Redick, who some people could think could do either, is is anybody risen more among
0: the linebackers,
2: no. edge players during the process? I don't know that any
0: player has risen more during the process than Hassan Reddick at any position. And I think it's for a good reason. I think people just he wasn't on the scouting radar coming into the year, yeah. has a monster season, blows up the senior bowl, blows up the combine, shows that he can be an off the line off-the-ball linebacker, not just an edge guy. You have versatility there because he can cover, he can rush, he can play. He's an every-down backer. And to me, I don't think he's better than Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster is the best linebacker in this draft. Reuben Foster has some character issues that I think people have kind of tried to stay away from, but the facts are the facts. He, He surrounds himself with some people that make general managers very nervous when you're talking about, the value of a top 15 pick. Am I going to give 10, 15, 20 million dollars guaranteed to a guy who, who has enough people, bad influences around him, allegedly from multiple scouts, who have spent 15 months evaluating this guy, and is something negative going to happen where I'm going to lose out on this asset? Now, I want to make it perfectly clear. Ruben Foster's football character, intensity, showing up for practice, everything is an A and he's an alpha dog but there're some issues there and so don't be surprised if he falls a little bit on the fir- in the first night of the draft and if Hassan Reddick winds up being the first backer taken and maybe Jared Davis from Florida after his workout and, no and really good tape there. Well, yeah. it, and great character winds up going ahead of Foster as well
1: yeah, two SEC guys as well that I think have risen. Zach Cunningham from uh, Vanderbilt highlighted him on ESPN.com during the year. You can check all those out, by the way, if you want to go to the guys that rose on a Saturday and guys that were under the radar on a Saturday. Check that out. There's some interesting when players. When he's when he's not
0: spinning, he's marketing.
1: No, oh, why not, right? Todd? Yeah. And uh, so hey, Zach Cunningham, like Zach Cunningham, Vanderbilt, and Duke Riley from LSU. All the kid does is make tackle after totally tackle agree. after tackle. I mean, he's a baller. This guy goes out and plays football. And if you are talking about Duke Riley, put the tape on and you can't be disappointed in what you. Special
0: teams A.C. I mean, he just got lost behind a bunch of good linebackers that have gone on to play really well in the NFL and, and finally got his shot and was awesome this last year. And perhaps just
2: in terms of the entire draft process, let's go from, say, even December till now, bigger, bigger faller in terms of pass rushers, edge guys, linebackers and Tim Williams from Bama.
1: Yeah, but that's off the field. That's yeah. not on the field. That, that that's the only reason. He's on the that,
2: field though a little bit. Fair is he one trick pony? I mean, that's something Mark Thomas well, mentioned good one. that yesterday. It's a pretty good pass rush. Pretty good yeah. trick.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I'll tell. I'll tell you what. If it wasn't an issue uh, with the off the field, he'd be a first round. Uh,
0: let me say this too. 67 percent of the time, NFL teams were in nickel and dime sub package last year. Yeah. So what used to be? That's oh, he's base. he's a pass rush specialist. Yeah. Well, now that's the two-down player, yeah. Not the the one run down. stopper, who's the one-down right. player.
1: That's the pass rushers and cover guys. That's what the league is. It's it's, yep. it's hey, seven on seven has moved through the ranks.
0: So, cornerbacks
2: again. This is a loaded class, and there's been multiple risers here. I'll throw out maybe the biggest riser is at Garyon Conley. Marshawn Lattimore out of Ohio State had a little bit more of the pedigree, a little bit more juice going into January. Conley's workouts. And then again those workouts lead to hey let's go check this guy out a little bit more. Seems like he's got he's he's had the the most velocity upward
0: lately, is that fair? No no position is governed more by the stopwatch than cornerback. Yeah. And we see it every year. And I I don't even fight it because I think it's important. I really yeah. do. And this year we've seen more movement because the the some of the best guys on tape, like Tease Tabor, ran some of the worst times. Four sixes at the combine, low four, four sevens at day. the pro day. And and then we also had Sidney Jones, who was one of the two or three best cornerbacks on tape, have the injury at his pro day. So now you've got two of the top guys when you're just evaluating these players on tape falling. And Kevin King, who wasn't as good as Sidney Jones on tape, but is a re- still a really good press corner. Gary and Conley, who's not as good as Marshawn Lattimore on tape, but still is a really good player. You're talking about second round grades on these guys. And Kevin King goes out, 6'3, 200 pounds, runs a 4'4'3. And I was just looking at his number. He ran a 6'5 something shuttle, a 3'9 something short shuttle. I mean, his workout was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And Conley wasn't quite as good with the workout, but it was still you know outstanding across the board. So those two guys, in my opinion, have moved up more than any other corner. In this class. And that's probably come
2: in terms of moving down. I don't. It's not a shot at the tape. And but that's Kelli- come at the cost of maybe a Marlon
1: Humphrey. It's an incredibly volatile position. If you look at the ratings boards of everybody, Todd, it, I, they're, they're up and down. Uh, Lattimore's down now because of the injury issue and the durability concerns. That's what's going to hurt Lattimore yeah, is the one-year guy.
0: He's a top three pick, though. What's that? He'll still be a top three pick. Top three top- corner. No, top three yeah. pick. Oh, interesting. A lot of more you're talking about, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marshall.
1: yeah, I just think the injury concern is there with him. How About Kevin
2: King, Mel. Kevin I mean, King's had, the had a good year. They're obviously amazing times. Really, Kevin King size. had a
1: good year, and he's got length, and he had a good. And he, and he would th- stick his nose in there. He wasn't a, a corner who would not tackle. So I think Kevin King. Kello
0: Witherspoon is one that I watched recently. I had from Colorado. I hadn't done a. I hadn't done tape on. I had seen him watching uh, Chidobe Awuze. Awuze. Awuzie. Is it?
1: Yes, it is. Cheetah Bay Owuzie, great hands.
0: Okay, um, Witherspoon, six three. Six, six two, 3 quarters, one hundred ninety eight pounds ran a four four five and had an mm-hmm. awesome workout. And he's a pretty good player. He's not. He doesn't like. He's, he's not he, real aggressive. He's a buffet tackler.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: picks and chooses. Mel.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he's a cover guy, not a not a not a run support. guy. Exactly. He Ain't going to throw his body around too much. But, but that, I, the leg's about covered too, exactly. And he'll, and he'll be a second round pick probably. Todd. I was going
0: to say I have a third round grade on him, so it wouldn't I, shock me.
1: Yeah, and I think Desmond King's interesting at Iowa because he has some versatility. I think Dory Jackson's the most one of the most intriguing guys because I think he'd be an offensive player too. He's a great punt returner he's improving as a corner and has to a lot of work to do still but he there's a lot easy of easy speed a lot to work with there would and, and,
0: and, and you know the best cover corner in this whole draft it's probably going to be the seventh or eighth taken but without question in my mind the best pure cover You're corner. Say jordan lewis jordan lewis yeah. and he's yeah. slow by cornerback Some standards and up. he's small and he doesn't have the long arms, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to be a darn good and I'll tell you, guys, slot Todd, cover corner.
1: He may well be. Another guy could be a Tavon Young slot corner, and I, I love his ball skills Is Demonte Casey yep. from San Diego State. Yep. You know, Mel, you brought he, up Adoree
2: Jackson could play offense. It's funny because John Ross moonlighted on defense early at Washington, and they ended up sticking him
1: mm-hmm.
2: on offense. And Adoree Jackson is another guy who could have gone the other way. It's interesting. Guys, we got to hit safeties real quick. Before we cap this, you two talking to the possible number one pick Miles Garrett, but safeties Jamal Adams seems like he's held serve, Malik Hooker seems like he's held serve, Jabril Peppers was an enigma going in, still still in that category. Uh, Todd, who has risen the most? Who's fallen?
0: Mm, probably Obi Melifonwu from uh, UConn. Just he, he had a, a great workout, incredible workout. I liked his tape. I, I thought he was a Second rounder, you know, mid late second rounder, and I think he's worked himself into the top forty. What about you,
1: Mel? I, I like peppers. Uh, you know, I, I've always liked him as a football player. Find a spot for him, define a position, give him a role. The kid just is around about he, he had thirteen tackles for loss and three sacks as a linebacker. Recovered well two years ago. I mean, you know, Jabril Peppers is a football player. When you talk about the best football players in this draft, I would put him in the top five to ten. Um, Josh Jones. A Baker, and- Mel. Buddha Baker would be in that second round group. I think you know, you talk about the Peppers as a guaranteed first rounder. You talk about Baker Moore as a second round pick. I think Josh Jones, NC State a good year, and he tested incredibly well, Todd. Marcus from,
0: Williams, Utah as well.
1: Uh, yeah, 43 and a half vertical there. Uh, I think when you look at uh, at Jamal Adams, I think running that four four five as opposed to the four five six gets him back when you evaluate just the best football players. It takes that red flag off, even though we only had that thirty one and a half vertical. I think people now will push Jamal all Adams up and make him the top safety now when there was some debate whether he would be after running that four five six uh and like i said i think i still think peppers is a lock first rounder uh i know i have a higher grade on him than todd does we'll see what happens i think he will be a for today's nfl i think he'll be a heck of a player
2: well we got risers and fallers for pretty much everywhere everybody except for long snapper and we made you suffer through that last week so we're going to take a break mel and todd are going to talk to miles garrett And then we will hit some of your mail.
0: I just just decided (laughs) to pepper him with a bunch of strange questions. We'll do that after the break. But first, whether it's a first or seventh
2: round pick, drafting the right player is the key to success. That six foot four wide receiver or speedy edge rusher can take a team to new heights. Same goes for your business or department. Finding the right talent makes all the difference. When you need to hire, where do you go to scout talent? And you can't find... Top talent by posting your job to just one site. You need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can with Zip Recruiter. With Zip Recruiter, instantly post your job to 100 plus job boards across the web, and that includes social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. You do it all with one click. Zip Recruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in a matter of minutes. No more countless hours searching. ZipRecruiter does the searching for you. You can select, screen, and rate candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard and find the right fit fast. Don't get stuck without the right lineup. Discover today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, our listeners can kick off their hiring on ZipRecruiter for free Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash First Draft. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash First Draft. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash First Draft.
1: Pleasure to have Miles Garrett, defensive end Texas A&M, the likely number one pick overall (laughs) joining us. And uh, Miles, I want to go right to it. Clear-cut number one, you got Jonathan Allen, Alabama, you got Solomon Thomas, Stanford, two excellent defensive linemen, yet you're the guy. And you know with that comes expectations, pressure to produce, that everybody's going to want you to lead the league in sacks. You ready for all that, Miles?
3: Yeah, I mean, I hold myself to my own expectations, and I'm not worried about anybody else or what they want me to do or how big they want me to be. I already have high enough expectations for myself and goals I want to achieve, and so that's what I'll do.
1: When you think about past history of the NFL, great past rushers, current stars like Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Ansah, Jason Pierre-Paul, Janavion Clowney, do you pattern yourself after anybody? Is anybody you've studied of the guys from the past or the present miles of the, the elite past rushers in the NFL?
3: I've studied many. I mean, the guys you've named, I've studied them up and down. Even you know further than that, like you know Derek Thomas, uh, LT. Deacon Jones, Reggie White, Bruce Smith, uh, Kevin Green, just all the greats and just just learning their game and the things they, not just the athletic ability and how they bend the edge, but you know, how they move their hands and you know, just the setups they use to make it easier to beat the man.
1: I want to go to bending the edge, Miles, because I brought up speed skaters that get so low they're almost—it almost looks like you're on the ground coming. How did you ever become that agile, that flexible at six four and a half, two hundred and
3: seventy-two pounds to bend the edge like you do? Well, I had started doing it after I saw some tape of Vaughn. I started really studying Vaughn and saw he, how he did it a couple of times. I'd set him up with the jab step, and uh, he'd give him a little shake and then bend right underneath his <laughs> his hand so he couldn't even get a a touch on him. And so he had a direct line at the quarterback and I thought I was just you wondering know, wonder if I could do the same thing. So I came out to practice a couple of times and just kept on working on, kept on working on it. I saw that I was getting pretty good and then I started using it in practice against, you know, my old line and my left mm-hmm. tackles and I just kept on trying to refine it until I was you know, got good at it.
1: There you go. You know, there's always the bust factor in the NFL. Great players have gone number one miles and have not lived up to the potential. What do you think is a key factor that determines whether a player that is viewed as tremendous, great prospect, automatic pro bowler, what is the factor, the key factor that determines whether that fa- player, in fact, ends up being a disappointment or a bust?
3: Just don't get caught up in your own hype, whether it's on the field or off the field. you got to prove yourself every single day. And it's your resume is know, a fresh slate right from day one. So you have to make sure you come in and work and you have to worry about what anybody says. Oh, that's, you know, They'll change their mind as soon as you start making plays on the field and your work ethic will be seen, you know, from day one.
1: I want you to address, Miles some of the criticism out there. If there's any critic out there of Miles Garrett, they'll say, well, and they say this about a lot of pass rushers. You can run at them, run away from, whatever it is, handling your run responsibilities, not being a one-dimensional pass rusher. It's just firing off the edge, trying to get after the quarterback, being a defensive end who can handle the run responsibilities. How do you feel about that criticism? I wanted you to address that today.
3: I feel like I grew as a run defender every single year, and I had... uh, no, a couple of injuries that sidetracked me and slowed my progress, but I feel like I, I made strides every single year and being more stout on that uh facet of the game, but I feel like I've I've gotten pretty good at it and I could be known as a, a run stopper and a a, a pass rush specialist.
0: All right, enough of Kuiper already. Let's uh let's go a little speed round here. Just gonna ask you some quick questions. Give me a it can be one word answer, can be one sentence, we'll just keep it going. Best offensive tackle you faced during your career in college?
3: Uh, there was Tonzo and there was Sean Coleman, who were pretty good at uh, pass blocking. Sean Coleman got a lot better from the first year I played against him, and then Laramie was pretty good. Second year, he had a lot of help with him, but I still know he's a pretty good player. I mean, there were many scouts that sh- showed that with you know, their uh, summaries on him and what they, what they thought but uh, the best run blocker was uh the guard from the Cowboys.
0: Collins. Yeah, Leo Collins. La- yeah, Leo Collins. Okay. Uh what do you say because you're a guy that everyone wants to focus on you write poetry and and your love of dinosaurs and all the different things. What do you say when NFL teams or scouts or anyone asks you, you know, do you do you, do you love football as much as, you know, the other guy because he doesn't love all, have all these other things in his life?
3: I mean, just because you love other things doesn't mean you can't love, you know, one thing a lot or just as much as the other. It's kind of like I guess when you have kids, you, know, you don't love one more than the other. You love them all the same. It's just Some days you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a different kind of love. And just, you want to be successful and you're passionate about everything you do.
0: Alright, hypothetical situation. First day of meetings. You're going to the defensive line room. The first row is wide open. You sit down. You're the first one there because you want to make a good impression. Veteran walks in. Established guy. Starter. And says, hey, move over. That's my seat. I always sit there. What do you do?
3: I move over. Good good answer.
0: Quarterback you want to sack the most in the NFL?
3: Tom Brady. Highest moment of
0: your career at Texas AM? Uh
3: Golden Knights Stand against Arkansas. What year? Uh junior year. Or uh us beating Auburn my first year and blocking the field goal and returning it.
0: Nice. Lowest moment of your playing career to date?
3: Bama, first year. Why? Uh, we got the hell beat out of us. <laughs> Bad. Uh,
0: I've heard, I heard your, you got a little 70s vibe going to you sometimes. What's, what's playing on your headphone pregame or just day-to-day that you, that you like that maybe most other guys your age wouldn't?
3: I don't think other guys would be listening to the OJs or Marvin Gaye, uh, the Jackson 5, maybe some Journey. Nice. Or some Frankie Beverly and Mays.
0: I've got I to gotta study up on some of these. Thanks, man. We appreciate your time. Good luck to you.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you. Just real quickly to explain myself.
0: Ridiculous question. I'm sure Kuyper was sitting there in Baltimore thinking when I asked him about the, the first row, Miles Garrett. Did he, what would you do if the first row was open? You sit down, take a seat. You're the first one there. A veteran comes in and says, that's my seat. I always sit there. And he said, move over. Sean Kaiser was asked the same question by a coaching staff. And he said, I, I tell him, it's my seat now. I got here first. And, wow. And, and, the, and the coach looked at him and said, did you hear me when I said that the entire first row was open? <laughs> and he goes, oh, man, I blew that question.
2: <laughs> so I just want to get those, his answer. Those interviews, are, uh, those interviews are fun. The stories that come out of them are even more fun. Guys, let's hit some mail here. Um, Hunter Sonier at HB Sun says, which quarterback would be the best fit with the Texans? Love the question because we don't know which veteran quarterback is going to be there. Maybe it's Tom Savage against one of these rookies. Mel, what do you think? Bill O'Brien, who could be his target if it's in round one or two?
1: Well, McShay and Bill O'Brien are friends, so I'll go with what McShay says all the time about this, and he described Bill O'Brien's perfect quarterback, and I said last week it was Nathan Peterman from Pitt, but they have a Pitt quarterback in Tom Savage there. Uh, I think when you look at Joshua Dobbs, Nathan Peterman, I don't know if they're gonna take one. Mahomes, there was a lot of talk, maybe Houston would look at Mahomes, uh, he's gonna be a first round pick, but I think, I think Peterman to me and Dobbs would be two guys that I think, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien would be looking at. Todd,
2: do you factor totally in, agree. you mentioned Dobbs, you'd rather have him in round two than a bunch of these guys in round one does his does that mind make matter to a guy like O'Brien in terms of all right he's we can throw him in quickly throw him the book and see how he does
0: yeah the I mean the mental and the ability to learn and adjust weekly as they adjust their game plan and to adjust to what you're seeing pre-snap and post-snap and to be able to be on the same page with the coach and what the thought process is is a huge part of I mean I'm sure it is for everyone but just in in talking to Bill O'Brien he he really emphasize that and the importance of the quarterback room and being able to be on the same page and, and not have to be slowed down by someone who just you know doesn't understand. I think it's tough for those guys who are that type of offensive style to find a quarterback in this day and age where you've got spread offenses and guys coming in having not set protections pre-snap reads you're just not asked to do a lot at the quarterback position in a lot of these offenses today at college
2: Mel Tom, at Fan 76 Derek Barnett, any chance he could be there for the Redskins at 17? And would, who would you compare him to?
1: Yeah, I think he could be. I think the fact that he was a great college player who you don't know how much resistance he'll run into in the NFL against the elite offensive tackles. A lot of those tackles he beat are not going to be playing anywhere near the NFL. So I think when you look at Barnett... Uh, yeah, he could be there. And you now he could play on his feet. He could Worth play with his there? hand on the ground. What's that? Worth the pick there a little bit? Yeah, mixed. I mean, yeah, I think the Redskins need a pass rusher. It's like, it can't yeah. just be all one guy. Preston Smith has been somewhat of a disappointment as an early second round pick from two years ago. So, yeah, they need another pass rusher. And Barnett, if he can translate from college to pro, what we saw with the Vowels at number nine, uh, getting after the quarterback, uh, some coverage sacks there. Uh, he's quick out of the block, so he beats a lot of these college offensive tackles with the uh, initial first step in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I just, just, Just don't know, Todd. I can't define. See if you can. Can you tell me what type of pro Derek Barnett will be? Are you sold on him?
0: Doesn't sound. You know, it's hard because I was the one beating the drum for Joey Bosa last year when he didn't have the workout. But you see the tape. I don't think. But Bosa was longer, stronger, and I, I think had more physical tools, natural gifts. It's hard with Barnett because there is some tightness, and he's not physically dominant. But man, he can rush the quarterback. And he's instinctive. He plays hard. He just, I, I think he's going to be a good player. I, you're not going to get the same production, you know, the, the elite production from him in the NFL, because I think he's going to come up against some guys that simply are just too big, too long, too strong. And he's going to have a hard time getting off those blocks. But I wouldn't bet against him. And I, I feel great about taking him somewhere between 10 and 20. I think in this, this class where, uh, you know, the pass rushers are kind of he, all over the board. I think he's probably the second, third best passer. You know he
1: reminds me a little bit of, Todd, is Marcus Golden, the old Missouri defenseman. He's done a pretty good job with the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, that kind of – he just has that natural ability to – and he's quick. He's just – he's a lot of savvy about how to And I think he can drop, too. I mean, I watched him a lot dropping in the
0: coverage, Mm -hmm. and he's Mm -hmm. very capable. Yeah.
2: All right, we got one more question. We'll have some fun with this one. Mel, Matt Mm -hmm. Tidmore asks – and I think it's a fair question, at Matt Tidmore asks Mm – Big Ben, age obviously is becoming a factor, and retirement talk was a conversation this offseason, and I will, I'll throw in, he's either been hurt or been playing hurt for, it seems like, the better part of five years now.
0: And it's not it's not exactly Tom Brady taking care of his body.
2: No. Will the Steelers, I don't know if he's on the TV 12 program, or he's eating first takes regularly like Todd and I, is it likely that the take Steelers-
0: <laughs> You get first take on your brain? Take, take five? Take five. Whew. devastating. It's hot in here, bro.
2: Uh, Because of Ben's age and retirement is talk, is it likely the Steelers will draft a QB? And I think more importantly, is it when? I mean, could it be as early as, say, round two? Mel, what do you think?
1: I think they will because without Ben, they have nothing going. And this team drops off dramatically from a Super Bowl contender to a cellar dweller. Uh, you know they—they're just out of it without him. So it's a totally different team. So they got to think about that. And there's no other way to go. I mean, the quarterbacks that don't grow on trees. So uh, they're not easy to find. So I would think it's a problem. This Todd and Chris. You know, if these quarterbacks all get pushed up like we're talking yeah. about Peterman in the second, Dobbs in the second, then you're looking—if you're looking, say, for day three guys, then you're looking at Brad Kaya from Miami of Florida. Yeah, there's if you're no looking one left. at. What's I mean, that? You, you there's can no be, one left. It that's Webb. it. I mean, I mean yeah. if, you, if you're you're planning,
0: planning on I, drafting a quarterback this year, you better get one early. You better do it in the first two rounds because yeah. I can't get I. You think Kaya gets to the fourth round? No. I, oh. um, I think there's a chance, but it won't surprise me if he's in the third because he's the only one after the first yeah. seven. Yeah, because that's the only one I could think. Davis Webb, get to that point. I don't like Davis Webb as much as other people do, but I still think he's. You know, I, th- I think he's going in round two, and I, I think there are going to be seven quarterbacks: Dobbs, Peterman, Webb, and then the first four that we've talked about—Watson, Trubisky, Kaiser, and Mahomes—all are going to be gone in the first two rounds.
2: Yeah, if you get past—if you get past a certain point, if even maybe even round three, suddenly you're in this realm where you're looking at a Chad Kelly who now is hurt. You're looking at a C.J. Beathard. You're just looking at these guys that. You're not even thinking well, of a Steelers The
0: Steelers, just, I don't know what the, I haven't looked at the contract, so I don't know if it's one of those where they can get out of it easily, but they just re-signed um, Landry Jones. Yeah.
1: But so, that's it. But that's so, all, that. Yeah, yeah, that's all they have. That's and, why you draft one.
0: Exactly. Well, we
2: got risers and fallers for pretty much every position, and we also got a, and we got it
0: Mel, under Mel's skin for got the first time Mel. in a while. Mel's this is, yeah, yeah, McShay is McShay has. I'm his, getting uh, into is draft it? mode. The draft book's done. Yeah. The reports are done. Now I can actually focus can on just, podcasts and TV. Now we can just fight. <laughs> Finally. Can, fight. Getting after <laughs> you. Todd and I got a
2: take five candy bar. Sorry, take five for impugning you like that. And we even got to some of your mail. Good questions. We will do it again. couple more, and then we're. Uh, then it's time for Todd's 2018 mock. Man, I'm excited about that. I can't wait. Yep. We will uh, do it again soon. That is First Draft for this week.
0: Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com PodCenter.